So I don't know if you happened to see this weekend, but GMC unveiled its new electric Hummer SUV. I know. And it's going to go on sale in 2023. And LeBron James, who, I mean, is great. He uh, was, you know, part of the commercial. And to achieve greatness once is not the end of a journey. It's only the beginning as he says right before the Hummer EV SUV appears in the minute and a half long commercial. If one super truck can change the world, imagine what two can do. And of course, you know, GM is uh, receiving the, you know, getting ready to receive all the accolades for reviving the off-roading beast more than a decade after it discontinued the brand. But, now it just runs on batteries. So that's fine. Look, it's a good time to know that we got electric vehicles coming because they're going to drive you to get electric vehicles. Why would you say that? Is that just something that's silly? No. The national average price of gas in the U.S. now has risen 20, almost 21% since the end of January. On track to hit an average of $3 per gallon this week. This very week. For those of you listening live, it is the 5th of April, 2021. Monday. And so this week, it's gonna the average is going to be over $3 a gallon. It's been on track. And if you've been buying gasoline for your vehicle, you know that's true, right? So good for GMC. It's going to be out in 2023, bringing back the Hummer, it's an electric vehicle and everybody's going to be happy and you'll be able to just plug it into the magic outlet in the wall <laughs> and you're good, right? And you just plug it into the magic outlet and, and it's there and you just charge it. <laughs> It'll be wonderful. So what's good about the new Hummer, the edition one of the Hummer EV, uh, what's good about that is you can get one for about 112000 well, almost $113,000. So it's cheap. Piece of cake. And look, they're also, look, I know some of you are thinking, wait, $113,000? Well, all right, $112,595. All right. So uh, they're also planning to deliver a version of the pickup in the spring of 2024 which is only going to be about 80,000. And then there's also going to be the 100,000, I'm sorry, the $99,995 version coming out in the fall of 2022. And then you'll be able to get the newest version in the spring of 2023. That one is only 90,000. So piece of cake for these new Hummer vehicles and these new electric vehicles from gm and so the good thing is you won't the good thing is you won't need to be purchasing gas right it just comes out of the magical outlet in the wall so you're good aren't you excited i know i am welcome welcome to chewing the fat for those of you concerned the suez canal is open and running smooth as ever 
the Suez Canal Authority, the SCA, said that all 422 ships stranded by the grounding of the giant container ship Ever Given have passed through the canal. So they ended that on Saturday. The backlog is over. Things are flowing good at the Suez Canal. Yay! Yay! So remember when Jeff Bezos, the outgoing CEO of Amazon, and you know he is Amazon, by the way, uh, he encouraged company officials to push back against criticism of the company. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that when we reported on that. Yeah, well, sometimes it doesn't work out that good, does it? Because uh, over the weekend... They had tweeted out, well, there was a story about employees, delivery people, having to urinate in water bottles just to stay on time. It was part of a tweet from Representative Mark Pocan, who said, paying workers $15 an hour doesn't make you a progressive workplace when you union bust and make workers urinate in water bottles. Amazon replied to that, saying, you don't really believe the peeing in bottles thing, do you? If that were true, nobody would work for us. The truth is that we have over a million incredible employees around the world who are proud of what they do and have great wages and health care from day one. Well, 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 the response went viral. And even one driver said that uh, this is true. I worked for Amazon and was fired for taking restroom and meal breaks. I would get calls for going four minutes off my route to go relieve myself. Drive to your nearest delivery warehouse and you'll see pee bottles thrown on the side of the road. Well, Amazon went ahead and apologized. And they said, uh, you know what? Uh, you, You know it. We're sorry. We're sorry. We, we really, we really meant to say that we were incorrect and we were referring to Amazon's warehouses, which have dozens of restrooms, uh, not its drivers. We know that drivers can and do have trouble finding restrooms because of traffic or sometimes rural routes. And this has been especially the case during COVID when many public restrooms have been closed. Oh, oh, Okay. The company said the problem is not unique to Amazon and posted links to news reports about Uber, taxi, and UPS drivers having to urinate on the go. Regardless of the fact that this is industry-wide, we would like to solve it. We don't yet know how, but we will look for solutions. And we apologize to Representative Pocan. Oh, oh, okay. Well, that's good. Now, of course, Pocan uh, said... uh, uh, sigh, this is not about me. This is about your workers who you don't treat with enough respect or dignity. Start by acknowledging the inadequate working conditions you've created for all your workers, then fix that for everyone. And finally, let them unionize without interference. That's what this is all about. So we get, we'll get the news on the unionized, uh, voting, um, outcome soon, I guess, it's, but we should have already known, I guess, but we'll see if we actually get uh, get the news on that. But I love that Amazon is saying, you know, we, we're looking to look for solutions. Are you? Cause I believe that they already have the solution and that's going to be robots. 
<laughs> we already talked about last week how they're uh, they're putting cameras in the delivery trucks, right, to help to help keep the driver awake and help with uh, directions. So soon, I'm sure that we're going to have a robot helping with the delivery of the products for the humans, and then soon it'll just be computer driven you know robot driving robot delivering and there'll be a few humans at the warehouse you know overseeing the entire thing i mean that's what they're doing at the warehouses now sure they've got plenty of bathrooms at the warehouse so (laughs) they've got robots doing a bunch of work and the employees at the warehouse have got to run to keep up we've all heard those reports and talked about them here so that's their solution so be careful how much bitching you do because if you don't have workers you don't have to worry about unions i mean i guess we could start a new you know unions for robots movement but good luck with that one so uh your personal data are you worried about it i don't know why over 500 million facebook users just had all their info posted on some low-level hacking forum (laughs) that's it though it just included phone numbers full names locations email addresses and biographical information you know that's all now of course security researchers say and this is hard to believe that hackers could use the data to impersonate people and commit fraud (laughs) wait what yeah they say a database of that size containing the private information phone numbers of lots of facebook users could certainly lead to bad actors taking advantage of the data to perform social engineering attacks oh okay but facebook said hey don't worry about it that was from an old info leak and we've already patched that way back in august of 2019 remember because we had a bunch of it go after the cambridge analytica stuff that was only 80 million users but sure it was a violation of our terms of service to target voters with political ads in 2016 but we apologized and it's fine and look the old one this one came from an old dump that we we've already fixed that patch so stop your whining okay it's fine you know the thing is really is that you know that that actually you know is a little concerning but your info is out there and social media and big tech are bulldozing over our rights and freedoms. And until they've silenced every last voice of dissent, they aren't going to stop. Will you be bold enough to stand in their way? Now, you could just deactivate all your social media accounts, and that would be giving them just what they want. So instead of letting big tech sites uh, revoke your right to free speech, why not revoke their right to your data? That's why I choose to protect my online data by using ExpressVPN. Now, those of you who listen to this show, you know that uh, how free to access social media companies make all their money, right? You don't? Well, by tracking your searches, your video history, and everything you click on. And then they sell your valuable information. I know, and your data. Your information is the data, 
my friends. And when you use ExpressVPN, you anonymize much of your online presence by hiding your IP address. And that makes your activity more difficult to trace and sell to advertisers. What's more, ExpressVPN encrypts 100% of your data to protect you from eavesdroppers on your network. ExpressVPN app couldn't be easier to set up. You just tap one button on your phone or computer and you're protected. It's finally time to say, no. How about uh no to censorship and take back your online privacy with the VPN I trust at expressvpn.com slash Jeffy. Yes, by visiting my link, you'll get an extra three months of ExpressVPN service for free. That's expressvpn.com slash Jeffy. E-X-P. R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot C-O-M slash J-E-F-F-Y. ExpressVPN dot com slash Jeffy to protect your data today. Use that Jeffy link. You're going to get three extra months of ExpressVPN for free. ExpressVPN dot com slash Jeffy. Okay, so we've talked uh, quite a lot on this show about the division of uh, the people here in America. Well, really around the world today, uh, but it's more prevalent than ever here in the United States of America. You know, the melting pot of the world. <laughs> when this is starting to, you know, we're starting to pick out all the little stuff that melted together so that we can be separate. That's what we want. We want to be separate. Well, okay. And I hate to, I mean, I'm not a big fan of share, uh, you know, personal, I should say, I enjoy some of her work and her music and, you know, some of it is okay. And I, I, you know, I, I enjoy that, but her personal views are, you know, not necessarily mine, uh, the way I look at things. But when I start, when I start having to think to myself, well, she was just trying to be nice. And I have to stick up for her. That's a problem. That's a problem for me because that means that's how divided this country is. Okay. I'm not really crazy about Cher, but I mean, she really was just trying to be nice. So I'm talking about the trial that's going on in Minneapolis. And she tweeted out, you know, she was watching the trial, of course. And she was, she tweeted out, was talking with mom. And she said, I watched the trial of policemen who killed George Floyd and cried, I said, Mom, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I kept thinking maybe if I'd been there, I could have helped. Well, okay. A, could you have? Could you? You know, doubtful? Maybe. Maybe the police officer would have said, hey, it's Cher, and she's really pissed, and okay, I'll get up often. And as a side note, I keep watching the, the video of of Derek Chauvin, the police officer, former police officer who was on the neck of George Floyd. And I'm just reminded how horrible that looks. And and it was horrible and how bad and how we were all on the same page that it shouldn't have happened. And it was just bad. And it's just, we were all there. And yet it didn't matter because it was a racist thing and all white people are bad. Okay, you got me. Uh, you know what? I, I, I liked it. And now we've gotten to the point where we have to stick up 
for the cop because George Floyd was on drugs and he did and he did those drugs and that's what killed him. I mean, that's the case that they were presenting and that's the case we have to be presented with. And we see footage of him, uh, you know, saying some of the stuff that he was saying when the knee was on his neck. It's uh, the whole thing is just horrific. But when I have to stick up for Cher because she, you know, tweeted that and people are like, "Ooh, it's a, it's the YT, white savior complex for me. There's still time to delete this one comment I wrote. Another said, George Floyd's murder isn't about you. Well, she's tweeting and she's share, so of course it's about her. Uh, whoever watches it makes it about them. That's the horrificness of this stupid thing. And uh, one tweeter, uh, this is significantly underplaying what witnesses who testified tried to do to stop his death. There have been multiple testimonies of everyone from a firefighter to an MA, MMA fighter to a senior man who attempted to defuse the situation. Singing songs doesn't erase racism, share. And then she's got the picture of a black girl with her hands in prayer mode. Stop talking. Well, okay. So we just want to be quiet. You want to silence everyone that's, that's white, right? Yes. Yes. Um, okay. I, I just, you know, she was just commenting about it makes it, we all would, we all, we, we would all like to believe that maybe we could have done something, which I doubt because the police were, you know, the police are in their police. If you've ever seen police in the middle of a, uh, of an action, they're not, they're not listening to someone on the sidewalk saying, stop doing what you're doing. You can't breathe. Stop it. I mean, they're trying to, you know, take care of the situation and you just need to be over there and shut up. That's what the police do, which is, you know, sometimes a little agonizing, but maybe if Cher was there, something could have happened. Maybe. I don't know. What, what if Derek Chauvin looked up and saw Cher and said, oh my gosh, Cher is here. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to do something. I mean, what if, what if? can't believe I'm sticking up for share because you know it's doubtful but I mean maybe if LeBron was there maybe if someone was there that wasn't just the guy on the street corner hollering at the police maybe it could have changed the outcome there are a lot of things that could have happened that could have changed the outcome of George Floyd's death but we just want to deny deny and divide 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 and and i get it i mean that's where we're at in today's world but not everyone is there okay not everyone is there and we heard charles barkley this weekend uh at the final four show talk about uh the division and what he believes and i just want to say amen yeah, but the one thing I took out of that piece was, man, I think most white people and black people are great people. I really believe that in my heart. But I think our system is set up where our politicians, whether they're Republicans or Democrats, are designed to make us not like each other so they can keep their grasp of money and power. They divide and conquer. I truly believe in my heart most white people and black people are awesome people. But we're so stupid following our politicians, whether they're Republicans or Democrats. And their only job is, hey, let's make these people not like each other. We don't live in their neighborhoods. We all got money. 
let's make the whites and blacks not like like each other. Let's make rich people and poor people not like each other. Uh, let's let's scramble the middle class. I truly believe that in my heart. Amen, Charles Barkley. And he, of course, like I said, was talking at the uh, NCAA Final Four show. And so we have the championship for those of you listening live uh, today on the 5th of April, 2021. We have the NCAA Men's Championship as March Madness comes to an end against uh, tonight is Gonzaga, Gonzaga versus Baylor. And boy, Gonzaga and UCLA game Saturday night was awesome. Uh, that ended, I mean, right down to the the last second, the final three-pointer. It was, it was really exciting. Uh, probably, you know, it'll go down as one of the, you know, a great, greatest game ever. Uh, UCLA and Gonzaga, both uh, both top seeds. Um, it was great to, great to watch that game. And then, of course, we had uh, Stanford winning the women's title. What you don't you didn't watch you didn't watch the women's championship? What? Yeah, yeah. Stanford, uh, the number one seed in the women's uh, tournament, uh, one of the number one seeds, uh, beat Arizona, which was a number three seed, by one point. It was a riveting fifty-four to fifty-three game, and man, it was exciting. Uh, you didn't see it? Yeah, neither did I. Uh, Major League Baseball said it's moving the All Star game out of Atlanta. You, if you haven't heard, you know that they are saying that the that's over the state's new voting rights bill. Well, uh, they don't even really know what they're talking about, but uh, they've got a long list of companies uh, beating up Georgia. And Governor Kemp said he's not going to back down from the fight. And they're drafting a bill now to remove the league's antitrust exemption. Uh, good for Major League Baseball. I don't know this if Major League Baseball is. Uh, I don't know what they're doing, to be honest with you. I, I don't under, quite understand the the move here. They've got uh, teams all over the country in states that have a lot worse and really bad uh, voting rights than Georgia. And there is, I guess maybe it's just a way that they're not going to have the All-Star game anymore. Maybe this is their way to get rid of the All-Star game. But it makes a lot of money for the cities that host the All-Star game. It's, uh, you know, it makes a lot of money for you know, out of sponsorship money. Uh, it's just uh, something that's really strange. I'm not quite sure I understand why Major League Baseball is doing it but okay and then you have the masters uh starting off this thursday which everyone is trying to uh you know get them to you know stop and pull out and all the sponsors because it's in georgia and it's golf and it's the masters so uh you know we had plenty of people that think that it's called the masters because of white slave owners which is not true by the way and there's plenty of news about the georgia voting rights bill that not true, full of lies. So we'll just see. Uh, Masters says, uh, yeah, no, uh, we're fine. We're doing it right here. Everything is fine. Now, I spent the weekend uh, digging through my baseball and football cards. Uh, every time I see one of these stories, I think I've got to go through these cards. <laughs> I've got to go through them. I've got to. I've been starting to separating them and, and I'm trying to go through them and look at them because a Tom Brady rookie card just sold. This is the second one that sold in a while. Um, this one sold for $2.25 million. Oh, 
my gosh. And another one of the rookie cards sold to the Fitbit CEO for $1.32 million. Oh, my gosh. And I, keep, I look at this card and I'm like, I think I have this card. I really, I, honestly, I believe I have this card. So I've got, I mean, hello. This could be at my actual uh, retirement plan. Because if that's not it, then I'm, I could be out on the street corner. So uh, anyway, it's a... <laughs> <laughs> an anonymous bidder and buyer walked off with the prize there were 67 bids that were recorded for this card and this guy or person or persons uh walked away with the rare they say rare tom brady rookie card 2.25 million dollars <sighs> Please let me have this card. Let me find this card in my collection, please. You know I'm not going to find it. You know I don't have it. It's going to be, the answer to that is going to be, oh yeah, no, Jeff, you were just dreaming. So let's go to the break room and stop my my daydream on having the Tom Brady rookie card and uh, get something cold to drink, shall we? I've told you this before, but that is good. You know, I've talked about it before, but when I lived in uh, Pennsylvania and worked in New York City in Manhattan, I took the train in and out of the city every day. I took uh, uh, usually New Jersey Transit, but sometimes we took we took Amtrak. But uh, it's part of the deal. And we talked last week about the Amtrak's new twenty thirty five vision which will work great as long as Congress provides the funding. (laughs) So no problem. It isn't a 2035 vision with them creating jobs and creating trains and creating rides so that people want to ride it. And then that gives them the money to pay for their vision. No, it's you and I just paying for their vision so that they can uh, create some jobs and improve the quality of life and reduce carbon emissions and generate economic growth. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, According to Amtrak's vision to grow rail service and connect new city pairs across America, uh, it rises to the urgent challenges of our time. So let's just hope that President Biden's uh, American jobs plan and his plan for infrastructure investment and economic recovery, climate change and social equity, and that extra 80 billion designated specifically for rail helps to get Amtrak's 2035 vision on the way. Shall we? Let's just hope that that, that that actually happens. Well, Jim Acosta from CNN, which is just a, he's a tremendous personality uh, for the country uh, is was whining about uh, wanting high speed rail and Wi-Fi on his train because you know that's why they're all for this uh, they all ride the trains in the Northeast everybody rides the train that's how they get around that's how you get around if you live there right I mean that gets you into the big cities and that's how you do it so they all care about the infrastructure deal that's going to get trains on the road to recovery well. I don't know if you know this, but there's only so many train tracks. So some of them are still going to have to be designated for high-speed rail. They're not just going to build new tracks because they're already through neighborhoods and areas that aren't going to do it. Unless you, you know, build, 
you know, a upper level, which could possibly do it, but you're not going to do that for 80 billion. Uh, they'll be asking for more money if they're going to do that. But Jim just wants to have high speed train in this country. And he also wants to be able to get, uh, hooked up to Wi-Fi uh, when he rides the train and not have a problem. Um, Jim, what do you think? Are you that dumb? Well, don't answer that, Jim. Don't answer that. Uh, you know, for a long time we had, uh, you know, internet sticks that you could plug into your laptops, but then, you know, what we, what happened was, and here's the deal. Cell phone companies went, Hey, you know, we could, we could make the phones a hotspot and then, uh, you know, they could get people the internet. So you don't really need the trains special Wi-Fi to be online, Jim. Uh, we all worked online on, uh, the New Jersey transit trains that didn't have Wi-Fi because we had our own Wi-Fi. It's just agonizing to me. You know what else is agonizing? I'm seeing more and more stories from celebrities that I feel are just not true. Um, maybe I, I don't know. I want to call them a hundred percent lies because they may be in a, you know, an exaggeration of a story that, uh, you know, the story is based, you know what it is? It's a story based on a true story. It's based on a true story, but we've, we've changed a few things here or there. You know, I love that about shows based on a true story. So I read, I see, let's see, we've got Dennis Rodman, we've got Kate Winslet, we've got Margaret Cho, we've got another Sharon Stone story i got to talk about. So uh, Dennis Rodman, he did an interview on the Breakfast Club show. That's the only show that, uh, you know, they, they get some of the big stars in America today. Okay, so, you know, good for them, good for them. They had Dennis Rodman on, and he talked about uh, his rough Life. His mother kicked him out when he was 18. He had to survive on his own. He had some friends um, with help from friends. He stayed out of trouble, never got into drugs. Uh huh. But, uh, you know, then he, you know, played in the NBA and uh, he, you know, was a tremendous professional basketball player and was a huge star. And I think what they said a five time NBA champion, tremendous, right? So he says a story on this show that talked about uh, when he was a kid, he was beaten up and threatened for dating a white girl. He said that uh, he was seeing a white girl when two white men took him and a little white boy he was hanging out with to the park. He was beaten up, thrown against a tree. One of the guys beating him up put a shotgun to his head and said he'll kill him the next time he sees him with a white girl. Um, the little girl and the little, and the girlfriend and the little guy was also threatened. Okay. So, um, he says, you know, racism was prevalent when he was growing up. I don't believe it. You know, it says here that he began to cry. Now I didn't hear the entire interview, uh, but it says, you know, he began to cry. So it was clearly a very traumatizing event. All right. Uh, I just want to say that I don't believe that story. All right. So Dennis Rodman who is 59 years old. All right. That means that he was growing up. He was a little kid in the sixties. So when he was 18, that's what in the mid to late seventies, right? 
Uh, so I, you know, I don't buy it. I'm sorry. The guy is six, seven as an adult male. So by the time he's a teenager, he's a big man. He's already a big kid. All right. And so he has a shotgun pulled on him and gets beaten up for dating a white girl and being with a little white kid. Um, no, was where they hollered and do they holler at him and scream at him? Maybe that's why I think the story has evolved into, you know, I was beaten up and they pulled a shotgun on me. Okay. So I'm not saying that he's lying. I'm just saying the story has evolved. Kate Winslet in a story in an interview says that she knows at least four actors hiding their sexuality due to homophobia in Hollywood. I don't believe it in today's world. Someone in Hollywood is hiding their homosexuality. No, 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 no. I do not buy it. Now she said that she knows at least four actors, closeted actors who fear for their career. If they come out, I cannot tell you the number of young actors. I know some well-known some starting out who are terrified their sexuality will be revealed and that it will stand in the way of their being cast in straight roles. Now that's effed up. I'm telling you, a well-known actor has just got an American agent and an agent said, I understand you're bisexual. I wouldn't publicize that. I can think of at least four actors absolutely hiding their sexuality. It's painful because they fear being found out. And that's what they say. I don't want to be found out. Okay. Uh, All right. No, Kate. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Not in today's world. Nope. Sorry. Don't believe it. Now, does an agent say to someone who they want to represent, hey, you know, maybe you don't want to say anything about your bisexuality. Okay. So that doesn't mean that they're hiding it. It just means don't say it. You can be bisexual. Nobody gives a crap. Not in today's world. Nobody cares. But just know you don't need to promote it. Don't say it. Is that hiding it? I, you know, I guess in today's world it is. Unless I can shout it from the mountaintops to everybody that's walking on the street. I guess that that means I'm, I'm hiding it. Okay. But I'm sorry. In today's world, no. Sorry. Sorry, Kate. Nice story. Good story. I think you've, uh, you know. I think you've stretched the truth. I think it's based on a true story. That's what I think. I think it's based on a true story. It's just changed it as it goes. Margaret Trill says it's really scary being Asian. That, I believe, is true coming from her. But I think the rest of it is based on a true story. I'm scared to go out. As an older Asian woman, it's hard out there for people like me. It's really scary. I believe that. And and, and I... And I, I don't want that for anyone. I don't think anyone should be scared to go out and walk the streets. No matter who they are, what race, whatever, they they shouldn't do it. But she says that she was born in San Francisco, now lives in LA, and she feels like a target. And specifically discussed the role of white supremacy, how that plays in relationship between black and Asian minority groups. Now, even though uh, there are instances of black on Asian violence. It's still because of white supremacy. She said, Margaret, you are so much, at least I thought you were smarter than that. I thought you were smarter than that. I really did. You're still going to spin it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that the facts don't hold you out 
for that. But it's still based on white supremacy. We're put together from this idea of the myth of the model minority. And that statement is such a damaging one to be a model minority because it makes it seem like other minorities are not the model. It pits us against each other as if our value is our relationship to the white patriarchy. Oh, okay. There it is. So it pits you because it's the white supremacist that made you be the model minority or call you that. Margaret, come on now. I mean, I know you want to always have the narrative. I mean, talk about only having the narrative. My gosh. When you look at what happened uh, on Friday with the Capitol police officers uh, being injured and killed, uh, and also the suspect was killed on the scene, and we're still, you know, it's immediately white supremacists that caused it. It doesn't really work because the guy was uh, African-American. He was a black guy. Uh, He was a big believer in Louis Farrakhan. And, uh, he believed that the U S government was the number one enemy of black people. Um, so that white supremacy thing really doesn't work. Does it? No, no, it doesn't. And of course this brings on, uh, you know, where we have to have increased security at the Capitol and Washington DC because they're struggling right now to meet existing mission requirements. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, by the way, uh, for you people that are talking about gun control, really doesn't work either because he had a knife <laughs> and a car. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So it really doesn't work with the whole with the whole gun thing. However, uh, if you want to spin it like Margaret Cho uh, and her uh, white supremacist is still be, you know, the... The Asians are getting beat up by African-Americans, but it's because of white supremacy. Wait, what? Uh, Ilan Omar, our representative, U.S. Congressperson Ilan Omar, uh, said that the death toll would have been worse if the assailant had an AR-15 instead of a knife. Uh, really? So we're still going after, we're still going to push gun control because, my gosh, if there had been a gun, the death toll would have been worse. Really? I'd like to, I'd like, hey, I'd like to hear about that argument as well, because where the crash happened and the officers were, those uh, barriers are quite a ways away and have been there for quite some time. So I don't know that there were a lot of people around to that would have been harmed if he would have actually had an AR-15. But since he didn't and all he had was a knife, the only people that had guns were the Capitol Police and they used them good. And it's very sad that one of them was killed and one of them was really injured and, and it's just it's a horrific thing. But it's not white supremacy and it's not about guns, okay? Okay? <laughs> it's based on a true story though. yeah it's based on a true story and i told you last week sharon stone what are you doing you already got me you hooked me i'm gonna read your book all right but i don't know if i see another story about what's in the book i might not get it i I don't think there's another story that can be told right this latest story this weekend was how she would put tinfoil over hotel windows after mick jagger told her it would help her sleep 
She said, my room was a tomb. And she said that she covered her hotel windows with tin foil because Jagger said, hey, it'll help you sleep. And that's the only way you can get a decent amount of sleep while you're on the road. So she said, my room was a tomb. I'd come in and fall on the bed fully clothed. And my cat would wrap its claws around my head and I would just pass out. Oh, okay. And that's a good thing, I guess. Yes. Yes, it is. All right. So Mick believes in uh, putting tinfoil on the windows and that helps you sleep. Okay. All right. She's already talked about uh, surviving her stroke and the brain hemorrhage, which was horrible. But she said that, you know, now that she feels that, uh, uh, you know, it's good and she's okay with dying because she's back and she feels like a different person and life is good. And she, after she had the hemorrhage, she said she waited three days until she went to the hospital. Wow. I mean, she is really lucky to be alive, but remember last week and a week and a half ago, she's been telling us stories from her book, the memoir. She's been saying that, uh, she, a doctor put bigger boobs in her without her consent uh, uh, during a surgery she was duped into spreading her legs in basic instinct and then uh decided oh you know what yeah go ahead um she what was the other one she had the stroke she was duped into spreading her legs she got the boob job from the dock now she's put tin foil over her windows i feel like there was one more that was in the book but you know these stories are great but I mean, can there be any more? Can there be any more? Oh yeah, that was the one where she talked about how the how the guy wanted her to have sex, right? And that was still with basic instinct. That was before the leg spreading incident where she talked about uh, the producer uh, said, you know, you really ought to sleep with one of the co-stars who she didn't name. And she didn't name the producer, but used the context of the producer was walking around his office dropping chocolate malted milk balls on the floor from his carrying case. So everyone in Hollywood knows who that person is. If you work in Hollywood and have worked, made movies, you know who this guy is. Cause he's, you know, that's, that was the clue, right? He's the guy that is always walking around with his malted milk balls. So <laughs> I just, I mean, I need a reason to buy your book, Sharon. You're telling me all the stories now. I want to talk to her though. I want to interview her because I want to find out what happened to the doc after giving her the boob job without her consent. And I want to know if there's any other stories. I don't want her to tell me any of. I want her to elaborate on the story she's already told and then just tell me why, yes, there are other inside stories too in the book. But I bet that these are the best. These are all of them. The rest of it is all her recuperating from the, from the stroke. And I mean, she had to become a whole new person with it and that may be interesting enough in itself but you know come on ease up on the story Sharon I'm confused why would you go to Disney World 
and then refuse to do what you know you have to do to get into Disney World and be a part of it. I didn't say I, you know, I'm not, I don't necessarily agree with everything Disney is doing. You must wear a mask. It doesn't matter who you are. They have temperature checks all around. I mean, that's part of the deal there. But you agree to it, right? You spend the money to go to Disney World, and that is the deal. So, according to this story, a guy spent 15000 to visit Disney World with his, with his kids and his family and then refused to uh, for a temperature check and argued with them and then gets kicked out. And the whole time he's saying, I spent $15,000. Uh, you can't kick me out. Uh, you can bring me to jail. I'm fine. So... I don't, I don't understand. There was another story not long ago where someone, one of the, one actor, uh, was pissed because one of his kids didn't wear a mask or something. And they said, no, you can't, you know, you gotta leave. You know, if they're not wearing the mask, you gotta leave. And he was, and he was, you know, upset and, and hollering at him. I mean, that's the deal, right? You agreed to it. If you, if you don't like it, don't go. I, I just, I, I'm really, I'm really con- confused. So apparently, uh, they've given him uh, his uh, trespass warrant or whatever, and he is banned from all Disney properties. Okay, is that what you wanted? Is that what you wanted? And good luck getting your money back. <laughs> Not a chance, my friend. I guarantee you that you might get a couple of bucks back, maybe, for Disney to say, "Here you go, never come back." take care but i know that there's been you know a a bunch of stories of disobedient disney guests i guess they just want to push the limits and you can't tell me what to do well guess what they can so get over it you know speaking of disney i saw a story where a uh a hotel in Kissimmee, which is right there on the i mean that's the part of orlando greater orlando area in fact that's the home of gator world uh gator land my favorite place in the world uh one of my favorite places in the in the world, uh, Gatorland in Kissimmee, Florida. But it's right there on the, the border. Anyway, anyway, so this Champions World Resort in Kissimmee, that's where people go to stay if you're visiting, you know, the Orlando area, the greater Orlando area. Uh, apparently, they had customers and the company sold the World Resort and then they just kicked everybody out. Had a hundred guests. Uh, no, it's time for you to go. Uh, the place sold. Uh, all the employees have been fired, and uh, there's no refunds right now. Goodbye. Get out. Wait, what? Yeah, we're putting cones up in the parking lot, and uh, we're having security there. The building's been sold. The website's shut down. There's no more employees, and uh, goodbye. Have a nice day. I don't even know if they were told to have a nice day. So a new company bought it and shut it down. I don't know that you get away with that. Uh, the people are going to need to get their money back, I believe. And, you know, we'll see if that, you know, holds up with just kicking people out. Yeah, no, it's, uh, sorry. It's, uh, sure. Yeah. We were a place uh, that, uh, you know, was a resort and, uh, we're just going to turn it into apartments now, probably. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, that's what they're guessing is that they're just turning it into a, uh, an apartment complex or condominiums. I mean, it was a big place. They had 435 rooms, a conference center, multiple pools, sports fields, full service restaurants, shut down. And you, 100 people that were staying here, get out. Employees, you're fired. 
Uh, boy, that would really suck if you were there, wouldn't it? You can quote me on that. That would really suck. Another thing that would really suck uh, is that uh, this is a big guy story. So if you got me on speaker, think about uh, think about that this is a big guy story. I'm giving you a warning. It's a big guy story here on Chewing the Fat. There was a boy in Iraq allegedly born with three man parts. According to this, he was the first child ever proven to have the strange, what they call a deformity of three man parts. Now, they say that this was, uh, you know, two of the three didn't work. So they removed two of the three. If you're, you know, later on down the road, do you think to yourself, oh man, I had three? <laughs> I mean, you, 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 you cost the kids some money-making opportunities. So according to this story, doctors said one in every five to six million boys are born with more than one man part. 100 cases of uh, two recorded worldwide. This was the first of the three recorded. And so, uh, you know, I'm just saying that. <laughs> I'm just saying perhaps the doctors should have thought a little bit down the road, you know, this was a way for this person to have some extra income being that, uh, you know, I don't know what the parents do. I don't know what they do. I don't know what kind of professions they are. Uh, you know, it's a, he's a Kurd from Duak. Uh, we hear first heard about it. Now the kid was three months old. So is it possible that, you know, this could have been a, Good money-making opportunity. You tell me. You tell me. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. <laughs>